1: Another episode of Amo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. Well, this week has been mixed fortunes for Liverpool Football Club. Um, we started off with the Brighton game, which is a bit of a frustrating game, but I think we've seen the best and the worst of Liverpool and the um, best and the worst in the Premier League, but then what that's what the Premier League's all about. And then we're just recording this podcast after cruising against Atletico are absolutely cruising. And... Um, and then obviously got West Ham at the weekend. So the first part of the podcast, me and Danny, are going to focus on a Brighton game and the Athletic the game, and then the second part of the podcast, we're going to talk about West Ham. Um, but before we get straight into football, Danny, um, how was your trip down to Donegal And did your mum have a good birthday um, last week?
0: Yeah, um, yeah, kind of mixed. It's been it's been a mixed mixed week to be honest. Because yeah, as you said, I was I was down your way. Um, Stopped off in Straban and then on to Donegal and had a little family holiday, which was nice. Um, and then, yeah, we, we sort of came back, got settled, all the rest of it. And then we all got COVID and so I've been isolating ever since. Um, so, yeah, so that's been fun. So I've been able to chill in the house after having my family over. Everyone always likes a rest after the family being over. Uh, so, yeah, I've very much been able to and not been able to leave my house. So that's been quite fun. <laughs>
1: Well, of course, how are you? you just, we've been chatting for half an hour before this pod and you just announced that on me. So you, you have to have COVID now.
0: I was like the shock factor, I'm on you know I mean, um, yeah. <laughs> no, I, tested, I tested positive and to be fair, I've lost my sense of smell. But apart from that, I feel absolutely fine. Nothing wrong with me at all. Uh, kids tested positive, wife tested positive. Um, she was sort of in bed for a couple of days, like she had a sort of heavy cold and then that was it. Um, so yeah, no, we're actually feeling fine. And yeah, as I said, feel like nothing really wrong. Just feel feel good. All my lateral flow tests have all been negative and whatnot um, since then. So I think I'm I think I'm all right, ready to be going back out again. I feel more sorry for the little man, as you know, I've got a little lad about to turn five on Friday. Uh, I'm about to cancel his birthday party. Um, so that's a bit sad. So we've scheduled it for the next week. But uh, so yeah, other than that, it's all good. What about yourself?
1: Oh. I not really a lot, work, 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 kids, kids, kids. Uh planning my wedding with my partner, which is you have been through that before. I'm sure a lot of married men listening to this podcast will uh, relate with me right now, but um can't complain, can't complain as <laughs> you say. Um bit, bit busy enough like 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 always. Um obviously um we're assuming all your family the best getting through COVID. It's not nice for anyone. The isolation is um sometimes the toughest part of it. So I'm um, sorry to hear about that, Danny. Um, but hopefully um, this next 40 minutes or so will take your mind off things because we've got a lot to discuss. Um, let, let, let's put let's put it in context. This season has been brilliant. We've not been beaten um, still. We're, we're coming up to you the know, beginning of November. We've been brilliant. We've had some stern tests and we've overcome them. Um, but Brighton at the weekend, Danny, it's one of these games where we said before, it should be a comfortable win. But we don't want to take the granted. And it's 2-0 up at home against Brighton and Hobalwing. As good as they are. lana like the, the sergeants in midfield, you know, coming back to haunt us a wee bit. as good as they are, we should be seeing that game out, shouldn't we?
0: We should. I think we said last week, didn't we? The that, that Brighton are a tough team because they do just sit in in two bags of four and just ask you to come at them. Uh, and to be fair, that's exactly what they've done. They just they sat back, they sat and it was a well He played obviously a four-five one, but Lallana obviously was playing that little bit more of an advanced role. Um and they just sat there and asked us to come at them. And to be fair, Liverpool done what Liverpool have done all season. They came out of the blocks fast, they came at the team and it sort of attacked them with pace and power and good passing. Uh, and obviously we went 2-0 up. So we, we had done the job that we were meant to do. But I think it was a it was a mixture of the fact that Liverpool had a bit of an off day, and you, and you look at players like Andy Robertson and Virgil Van Dijk and, and other players like that, and they had an off day. It's going to happen. You know what I mean, throughout the season, that's going to happen. Um, I think also, and, and we've spoken about it enough when we talk about this podcast that we say about the fact that sometimes it's easy to say, like, because we've said about Liverpool in the past, I said it's easy enough to say, like, oh like the other team played bad, the other team played bad. I think we've got to give it to Brighton. They settled into the game, and once they settled into the game, they started playing really good football. Um, So not just sitting back and not just soaking up the pressure, but then actually coming out, playing with the ball, not just hoofing, just passing it up the pitch, playing good football, playing through the lines. And they actually, to be fair, I almost think they're too old. Was it was a deserved score in the end? I'd never turn round and say, oh, Liverpool deserve to win that the way they played." They didn't. They didn't play good enough. Brighton played really well, and I think two all was was a pretty even score in the end.
1: Yeah, and I mean, do you look at it like this, Danny? Do you look at it as like it's, a, it's a point gain because we lost it like we did last season, um, or do you look at it as two points dropped? Now, home game in Anfield, you know, a free o'clock off on a Saturday against the Brighton. You know, on paper, it's two points dropped, but in, in the context of the season, if you go and beat West Ham on Sunday, it's, it's probably a good point. Um, but yet only, you know, when, when our um, sidekicks, will, we, we can't predict that. You know, as long as we go and do the job against West Ham on Sunday, it's, it's a good solid point and it maintains our beaten number one. At that stage, it would have been 24 games unbeaten. Um, and then obviously, we played at Let's there uh, tonight and um, we've gone to 25 games unbeaten. But yeah, I mean, Danny, seeing that game, you look at boys like Lalana. Look like he was trying to prove a point. More play up front, trying to um, prove a point, and um, He's a Trossard, I think, as well. Um, they've got that big lanky left wing back as well, haven't they? Yeah. Um, his name's shortly. but Graham Potter. Um, he's been linked with a lot of jobs. I think people said he's a future future England manager. Um, do you think Brighton are like the new Bournemouth and maybe like the Southampton before that? The, the team that take two or three years to establish themselves in the Premier League. He build himself up slowly, but surely you get a few years experience, and then the team that are always going to survive by just playing good football. And I've got that luxury kind of known. You know, they're better than Bailey, they're better than um, Norwich, and they're better than the team that are around them. They're not going to get relegated, so it's almost like a free the big boys for them. Does that makes sense?
0: Yeah, I think you're right. I, I think they are an established Premier League team now. I think they play good football, they play well, and you would put them in that category with almost probably like like your Watford, Villas, Leeds, like a good sort of established team, a good base on them, they've got a good manager, good system, good way of playing, that they can come up against any team in the league and on the day do a job. Yes, against the bigger teams like Liverpool and City and, and Chelsea and stuff like that, they're going to they need to have that bit of luck. And I think that's what it was. I think you look back on that game and I think as a whole, looking at the league, you would think to yourself, well, that, that was two points dropped, that game, against Brighton. But Brighton create their own luck. They create their own chances. And I suppose that's what makes them such an established Premier League team is that they can come up and they're not sort of struggling against bigger teams. They're not They're not playing against the top seven and always dropping points. They play the same system. They play really hard to beat. Um, And as I said, but they need the top teams to have an off day and not be able to play against them and Liverpool have done that enough against against them. So, yeah, it's a, it's a hard one. I feel like it was two points dropped, but I feel like they're, they're a good side who play good football. I don't think they're going to get relegated anytime soon. Um, so, yeah, I think it's just one of those. You've just got to move on. You've just got to look to next week, and I think we're very fortunate in the other results as well. Obviously, City losing to Crystal Palace at the weekend. That, that really helped us. That they dropped us down into third. Um, with then making the West Ham game so much more of a bigger game uh coming up at the weekend if we'd have lost and City would have won. Um so yeah. So it it is what it is. You're gonna have those off days and Liverpool fans, there's loads of people moaning about it, loads of people kicking off, saying oh, they were rubbish. All the talk on the on the different sites saying that, that Robo needs to be dropped. He was rubbish and all. Players have off days. That's that's just what happens. You're not gonna get this isn't FIFA. Like, you're not going to get the same team turn up every week and play the exact same pace, the exact same pressure, and the exact same type of football. You, you can't expect that over a season. And I know we're going to go on to the Atletico, but that, that's why there needs to be so many changes. That's why
1: you do it. it just took the point off my tip of my tongue. Um, and it's a good analogy right make there about FIFA there because I'm starting to see a lot of football fans, a lot of people I know. Um, and they're like FIFA football fans because they play FIFA. They think, you know, everyone loves football. football. Mm. And I was like, hang on a sec, lad. You know, whenever two big games are getting played there during the week, you're playing FIFA. Just relax yourself. You know, it, 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 it's a massive difference. Players need the rest, as I say, because the, the games are coming thick and fast. And, and that brings us quite smoothly on to the Athletic Command. game which, as um, I've I, I, I lost of words, that first 25 minutes against Athletic Command, Danny, is just, it's typical of the European. Like you mentioned it last week. That the atmosphere was going to be electric compared to you know their stadium, and it, it just proved to be. And I, I, I us as Liverpool fans to there watching Liverpool football in these games, and um, I am honestly just sitting there going, typical Liverpool. It's typical that's what Liverpool do. Um, but then it, it, it's it's actually magical. Isn't it, Danny? Like that first twenty five minutes watching Liverpool pick away a team with some amazing plays in Koke, Luis Suarez. It, you can't right? underestimate how
0: brilliant that is, it, can you? No, as you said, and we've said about this before, and I think it's going to be a theme of the season, especially as we we play the rest of the Champions League games, we go into the Carabao Cup, where we're playing Premier League. We've said it before. You see, you've seen five changes tonight from our normal lineup. Uh, you've seen the likes of uh, come in. Uh, you've seen the likes of Oxlade-Chamberlain come in. Um, you've seen, obviously, Origi come in towards the end and different players like this um, all making the appearances. The way that we play doesn't change. From Brighton at the weekend to Preston before that to then tonight, the, the way that we play is exactly the same. Came out of blocks, fast-paced, like quick attacking with quick passing, 1-2, uh, moving about the pitch creating those triangles, those constant triangles that you see Liverpool playing, where you've suddenly got these three players surrounding the one defender and they're just pinging it around them, uh, creating those little boxes. Um, so it's good to see. And, and Liverpool just came out tonight and we made Atletico Madrid look distinctly average. Like I, th- I think if you didn't know football and didn't know the teams or anything like that and it just heard, obviously, like, the statistics or had seen the, the league table and stuff like that. You'd have thought that Atletico Madrid was Brighton and Brighton was Atletico Madrid because we made Atletico Madrid look like a, a low league table team, the the way that we played them. They just they looked all over the place. They had no passes in the final third at all. And then when Liverpool broke every time we looked like we were going to score. They had no discipline in them. Like I'm not a great fan of Atletico Madrid and the way that they play. I think they've got no discipline about them at all. I think the the dives to try and get yellow cards and and fouls and pens and all the rest of it. Um, but I think Liverpool, if they wanted to, could have absolutely slaughtered them tonight. Well, we can talk all day
1: about Atletico Madrid and the dirtiness and the yellow cards and the red cards. We can talk all day about that. But I want to make a point There's about two very big points in this football match. Okay. Well, three actually. And I'm gonna start off on a, on a light note, um, just because it's funny and I think it was. Um Tiago's grew his hair, which is just a bit mad, because it's like who? Hey, are you trying to recreate yourself? Like, what's going on? You know, it, that, that was a that was one thing I talked about in the master. Tiago Arcanza has grew his hair mad. Anyway. <laughs> 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 his
0: lockdown um, and
1: that's it, I know, yeah. Well that that, that that just got me in it. He played awful, but let's have go there. Um Two other talking uh, and I say it, it's a f- f- footballer from Liverpool, and his name begins with three. And it, it's a thing, and that's Trent Alexander Arnold. Two crosses that were so different from the same position, two different types of goals, but from the same player. See that first ball from Trent Alexander Arnold, Danny. Can we say anything in the next 30 seconds to a minute to, 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 you know, to put emphasis on how good that ball was? It was
0: just, it was it wasn't was better than Beckham. Yeah, like, the thing is, though, is that even Beckham, when you think of great sort of ball players, you, you think of Perlo, you think of Beckham, you think of Alonso, boys like that, they were always great in dead ball situations. Trent, one of the things that Trent is very, very good at is picking out, like, inch-perfect crosses on a rolling ball. Just using the pace of a ball that comes past towards him, and you remember Beckham. Like I always remember, obviously Beckham was my era growing up. Like I, I, I loved watching Beckham, and, and I'll admit that even as a Liverpool fan, like I loved watching Beckham. But Beckham was always the player, and everyone will remember it. He played the ball to Beckham. He rolled it under the bottom of his foot to stop the ball, and then there's the arm swing, and the ball comes flying in. And that's what you remember is him stopping the ball dead, and then pinging out these amazing curled crosses. Trent, you've seen it tonight for that first one, as you said. It was passed back to him. He doesn't even take the touch. Straight away uses the pace of the ball to just hit it straight away and it flies around. Like His ability to be able to hit a moving ball and, and, and play it inch perfect. I think people don't realise how hard it is to play those types of balls and to get the curl on it when it's already coming at you straight. Um, So to hit that ball and to get the curl on it and to get it in between the defenders and all the rest of what he does, it is nothing short of amazingly.
1: It's it's as good an assist as you'll ever see, I think, in any Mm. game of football. I just don't know if you'll see a better assist, to be honest. Um, And then the second one, it's so different, but it's so typical of Arnold, isn't it? You know, low and hard kind of cross shot, kind of money coming in. Um, so Mane's had a bit of a different time the last couple of months, hasn't he? At Liverpool, um, so that, that that goal should do the world of good. But yeah, back to Arnold, um, great cross again, and, and Mane was in the right place.
0: Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of discussion about the fact that it almost looked like Trent was shooting, um, but I think you've got to give him the benefit of the doubt in that situation. I think Trent is a good enough passer of the ball that he can make it look like he's shooting when actually he's not. Um and to play the ball the way that he did, Mane get on the end of it. Mane just as a side note, like, and I know he came off a time because he had the yellow card, but he looked like, like he looked unplayable tonight for me. The way he was going at their team, the way he was hitting them, and I know the club obviously brought him off because of, of the dive and that Atletico Madrid were going to do, it, and they were going to try and get him sent off to even it out. And I think it was a smart call, but I think at the same time. If Marnie could keep his head, I think second half if he would have kept him on, he would have had two or three more of their players sent off. The way that he was playing, he was just gliding past them, and the only way they could stop him was by booting him.
1: Yeah, I and mean, when he's on that type of form, uh, Sal- Salah and Marnie are great. But when I mean Salah again was playing with them tonight, he didn't get a goal. Um, <laughs> I don't know why we didn't get a goal because he tried his best, didn't he? But um, you know, Marnie is that type of player that when he's on his day, he's unplayable, isn't he? He's just like, you're just looking at him thinking, "Wow!" So he gets the ball and he's sort of him with that touch when he gets to the right foot and he's kind of on the inside left on, on the field and you're thinking to yourself, like, right, is he going to go on the inside, the outside? Just make someone, you don't know what he's going to do. But he's got this ability of out of nowhere going past like two or three players and like making it look so easy when it almost looked like he's about to give it away. It, it, it's awkward kind of, there's no one in, no football that I've seen kind of like that. But I don't think he's a better player than Mane, are you? And if I say, yeah, you're right on what you're saying. Tonight was one of his better performances. Because he has had a different played play at the club, hasn't he? The last couple of months, towards the end of last season, in the beginning, he hasn't been vintage Marnie, has he? Yeah, I, I think,
0: which which I understand to a certain degree, like you think to yourself, Marnie is the type of player, you think of, of his Liverpool career so far, the, the way that he's played, he was the main man for so long. He, he basically dug Liverpool out on so many occasions um, when when we needed those types of strikers. And as you said, on his day, I, I think he's got, as a forward, he's got everything. And that's why I love him. Because he's got pace, he's prepared to run up boys, he's got tricks, uh, he's got great passing ability, he's got strength. He's able to score long distance, he's able to score short distance. He's got everything. And I think players like that, and we've seen it so many times at Real Madrid and Barcelona and different things like that, boys like that are used to being the main man and almost love that thing of having the burden of the team on them. We've seen Steven Gerrard thrive over that for years. He played as well as he did because he knew he had the team on his shoulders and he needed to carry it. Players like that love that. They love that type of of sort of pressure. Mane doesn't necessarily have that pressure on him because Salah is kind of taking that burden. Because, to be fair, as much as I love Mane, Salah is just more consistent. He's more consistent in the way that he plays, and he plays well game after game after game. But I think not having that pressure on his shoulders means that he he doesn't necessarily have that extra bit that Salah has. Salah has that extra bit that he knows he almost needs to score every game because the team needs him to. Um, Mane doesn't have that as much, I don't think. And I think that maybe has taken the edge off his game because in previous years, when he did have that, he was performing week in, week out all the time.
1: But that's the thing, isn't it? It's good that you can, you can bring him off to you know, off a let's go down to 10 and bring Bobby Firmino on. And then Bobby Firmino comes off and then King Givikarini comes on and they've all got experience. and It's it's a good position to be in. Um, but yeah, no, so, you know, the group of deaf we, we chatted about it when it, when it first come out. And um, We had a podcast all about it and we were, we were a little bit scared, weren't we? But we mm-hmm. had four wins out of four games and we've got Porto home next and then um, AC Milan the last game. Um, so you've got to play the youngsters and play a bit of a mixed team, give boys a game and you know rest them with all the fixes coming thick and fast. But speaking of fixes thick and fast, um, in the next part of the pod, we're going to review um, the West Ham game. We were literally having probably the, the biggest purple patch of their life um, which is going to be an unbelievably tough game. So we'll, uh, we'll preview that. But in the meantime, thanks for listening to Ammo and Danny's Irish, Irish Anfield, Anfield Road. Road. Find more great shows or join the team at sport-social.co.uk
0: Right, everybody, welcome back to...
1: Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield, Anfield,
0: Anfield Road. Now, as we said in the first half of the pod... Uh, Getting that point against Brighton probably really helped us um, for this game to not be as big a game as what it potentially could have been. Uh, We're sitting, sitting pretty at the minute, doing well in the league, sitting there in second place, three points behind Chelsea. West Ham, and I'll be the first to admit, last season when we were in lockdown when there was no fans, I was the one that kept saying all the time, when the fans are back in, you'll see teams like West Ham drop back down to the bottom half of the table. They've came back and they're absolutely flying this season. Um, Playing really good football as well. Um, So, yeah, it's it's baffling to watch, but it's good to watch at the same time. David Moyes showing Manchester United why they shouldn't have sacked them. Um, but, yeah, so West Ham in the form of the life at the minute, and we're playing them on Sunday. So, Amo, how do you see this game going? Because West Ham... For me, they're a different outfit than what they've been in previous seasons, they're able to play out from the back. They're playing good football. Does that does that help them against Liverpool, or does it actually play into our hands in terms of the way that we play?
1: No, because Moyes has been around on the block, hasn't he? And you mentioned them there, and you're right. in what you're saying, he's changed up a football club. And uh, they, I watched the game against Spurs as about three weeks ago, and it was just before Spurs under heavy heavy pressure, and they were the favourites to win Spurs because they've, they've been all right. But they just got a 1-0, and it was a corner from Creswell. It's a scout track to left-back. Mm-hmm. Um, whipped the corner in, come off Antonio Shin, and it went in, and they won the game 1-0. And that was it. And I'm saying how brilliant they've been, but in the game, they were actually really poor. But they just didn't get broken down. So I actually disagree. I think it's going to be... Moyes is you know, clever. I don't think West Ham have got that many good players that they're going to be on, on the front foot. I think they are going to sit back. And I think they've got a lot of experienced Premier League players the likes of Suchek at centre back and um, the likes of Cresswell big one big 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 one is um centre material they uh, definitely likes unbelievable player mm-hmm. And i would i think he i said this before on the pod i think he's a ready made replacement for jordan Henderson, in my opinion i think he's got a bit more about him um and he's just brilliant and they're just doing, they're just brilliant at the moment it's half four on a sunday everyone's gonna be watching it everyone's gonna be supporting West Ham. Um, everyone would have already played the games so it's like you know if, if everyone wins what you expect them to do it's going to be pressure on Liverpool um, obviously they've had a rest midweek I'm oh, no, sorry that they play in New York midweek sorry they're playing tomorrow um, but they'll probably have a completely changed team And yeah it's one of these games where all I can say we can't get beat but going into international break I think a win would put us in a real good position because when we come back after the international break we have Arsenal which again, there can in, in a bit of a purple patch. So, um, can't get beat. But when you look at Brighton, dropping points against Brighton, if we beat Brighton, you could almost say, Do you know what, go to West Ham in a purple patch, get a point, happy days. But see, if you don't if you, if you don't win against West Ham, you just take a point. That's where you, you're creeping from, second into third into fourth. I think even if West Ham win, they could go a point behind us, which is actually unbelievable because we've had a good start to the season. um can't get beat, but we need a win for our for our confidence. I think um, drawing against Brighton kind of killed us, because don't forget, we drew against Chelsea. They were above us. Um, okay, we beat United, but... Simple as that. So, um, I think a draw would be a devastating result for our kind of... We used to with momentum. But um, when you look at the, how they're playing, they could... They could beat us as well, so I think it's, it's, it's like, I'm old, be careful what you wish for. and um, but ideally, all three points. And if we play up to our potential, we, we could stuff them, but I just don't see it going like that. I mean, do you? Do you I, I don't see Liverpool going to West Ham and stuffing them this game in the past. We've, we've stuffed them, but I don't see it happening. Do you?
0: No, no, I think they're a far better team than that. I think it's going to be an interest, uh, like. For me, it's twofold. I think there's a lot lying on this game, as we said. Liverpool sitting on 22 points at the minute. Uh, Man City and West Ham both sitting on 20. So if we were to lose this game, there's a good chance we drop down into fourth, um, which then becomes a bit of a problem. Then because we're not too far away from Man United and Arsenal and Wolves, and and like because the top sort of seven, eight are very tight at the top of the league at the minute. Um, so you don't, and especially going into the international break, you don't want to be sort of losing that momentum as you said but at the same time i almost feel like we play so much better against ball playing teams and you look at you look at when we come up against chelsea and city and and even united to a certain extent who try and be a ball playing team um when we know we're coming up against teams like that we're good because we know like cuz liverpool have always had that thing under Jurgen Klopp where we hunt in packs And if you've got a team that's going to pass a ball around the back and try and play it through the lines, Liverpool know how to sort of attack players, win the ball back and then break with pace. Um, Where teams that just sit back in two bags of four and and wait for us to come at them, I think we struggle with that a little bit. And West Ham have kind of evolved over the last few years into a ball-playing team. And I think that could potentially be their downfall in this game. If they try and go toe-to-toe with Liverpool, I I think we'll do them. Because I think we do that with most teams, with the with the pace that we've got, with the talent that we've got. I think we can do them. Um. But but I think yeah, I think you're right in terms of I think Moyes is smarter than that. He, he knows that Liverpool play that type of game, and I think he knows where and when to to play the ball and where and when to just hoof it out and get rid of it and sit back and take a bit of pressure. And as you said, with players like Declan Rice in the team, um can soak up pressure. They've got the, the players to be able to do it. So I think it's going to be an interesting game. As we said, this, it's the, the the Manchester derby on the Saturday. Um, so depending on how that game goes, it either brings the league even tighter together or it jumps City above us and it makes this result even more important. So we've, we've really got to... For me, it's a it's a game that we've got to be careful in. And I can see why yang Kloch made the changes in the Atletico Madrid, the Atletico game, um, because of the fact that he's going to want to bring out a full-strength team on Sunday.
1: It's a very good word that you used there, and I couldn't agree more than it. Careful is exactly the right word I, I use, because it's a game that the worst thing you could do is go out and get beaten that game. Mm. But at the same time, a point's not really any good, is it? That's the thing. So you've got to see how the game develops, and if you end up getting a point. Could be a valuable point, like a point against Brighton, um, but you can't you can't lose the game, and they are capable of beating us. Um, but at the same time, it's Liverpool football club. We're probably going to have Mo Salah, Roberto Firmino, and Sadio Mane up front, and we should win the game. <laughs> it's a hard one to be because when you put them three playing, and I'd include johnson This as well, he scored again there um, against Atletico. You should be winning against any team. You know but the midfield the midfield at the are month a little bit short I think and um, I think oxley to England done okay in the athletic game and he's done okay in recent weeks mm. but you can almost see why Coff hasn't been playing him and he hasn't been a fit you know a first team starter and um, because he does just look a little bit kind of short on certain things and um, but I think it's going to be a case of needs must on uh, west Ham I don't think we should play Thiago I think he, he doesn't he Think about Thiago, with that midfield that they have um I think it's Soufal, Declan Rice um, and whoever plays now they're a very kind of tricky midfield and I think Thiago could get dragged in to make those stupid little niggly fouls which kind of make the clay for Liverpool and I don't think he's the best at pressing so I think we've got to play a team that's going to be have smart heads but have the quality up front so I think the, the team that we played Against off left goal, pretty much for the team that will play against um, West Ham, with probably the exception of Robber at left back. Um, and yeah, you, you hit an the nail there. Be careful, don't get beat. We don't want a point, but we'll take it if we have to. Um, but let's go for full three. Um, I'm going to make a prediction, and I'm going to just say one-one because I can see it. You know, I can see maybe Liverpool taking the lead, West Ham getting an equaliser, and then just both managers saying, you "No, know, let's not get beat." Um, but who knows? You know, again, it's so hard to predict because you think we should have won Brighton comfortably, but and this game you're thinking, oh, well, this isn't comfortable. But then would you be shocked if we went out one four-nil You wouldn't. So I don't know. Let, let's just see how it goes, but let's not get beat. Um, but as you said, the Manchester Derby's gonna matter, Chelsea's results gonna matter, and uh, coming out after this game and in international, break, you need to be no more than three points behind Chelsea, ideally level, but no more than three points behind
0: Yeah. No, I think you're right. I, I think it, I think you're right to be cautious because it is going to be a tough game. Part of me thinks that Liverpool will win it, like because I think West Ham have got, uh, as you said, the, the type of attacking that they've got with Antonio and Ben Rahmer and, and, and Og Bonner and and people like that. I think they're not going to be able to help themselves but to try and attack. They're the types of players that don't sit back and defend. Um, And I think that will really work into Liverpool's sort of hands a little bit. But yeah. it's away from home. I think Moyes is very, very good. We've seen it with, with Everton over the years and stuff like that. He's very, very good at, at getting a team that can really hold a good defensive line. So he's kind of got that real mix in this team of having like a, a Brighton-esque, like two bags of four, come at us and we'll soak it up. Yeah. But at the same time, has also got players that they can really hate. you on the attack. So I'm going to say... I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say two one. I'm gonna go two one Liverpool. I'm gonna try and be optimistic about it, uh, just because I think Liverpool know how much this game means and know that they need to get these points. So I think Liverpool normally thrive under pressure like that. Um, but, but we'll we'll see. It's gonna be an interesting
1: one. I would say that if you went through all our podcasts and um, you went through all the predictions, that's your most used um, score prediction. Sitting the fence every year, ah, oh, so, do you know what? I can't think so. I'll just go to one of the It is what I, I see you laughing because you probably can't even argue with it. I know I do get what you're saying because it is a type of game that when I don't think we're going to walk away with it and it is going to be tight, but you you know, you've got to be op- optimistic, haven't you? And you just hope that maybe a, a bit of magic from Salah or a bit of magic from um, you know, Mane or Firmino or whatever will win the game. Hopefully, they keep keeper doesn't have like the amount of games I've watched over the to keep keep. The opposition give them, you know, man of the match performances. That's just what you, you you don't hope for. And speaking of keepers, I know it's going off a bit, bit of a um, subject here, but I have to say, if anyone watched that Arsenal Leicester game during the week, um I'm sadly sorry, I know you, you, you're, shaking, you, 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 you're nodding your head, you know where I'm going with this, don't you? Yeah. Um, that save from our Ramsdale was just, it was out of this world. Um, it was just like, wow. Um, save it the season, save it the decade, man. It was just unbelievable. I remember David Seaman doing one back in the day when he was like 41 against Sheffield United, but he like kind of dragged the ball up the net, um, and that save there was just—I think that was better. I, th- mm. I think that there is take Dudek's double save out against Manchester was the best save I've seen ever, and a very crucial point of the game as well. So yeah, I have to mention that—I had to give that save a mention. But as I say, I just hope West Ham's goalkeeper doesn't have the game of his life as. A lot of opposition keepers do, and we do win the game. But um yeah, let's hope they're going into in, in, in into the international break, Danny, we can keep this um momentum up. The clock, that year and clock goes on about.
0: Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see. Obviously, we've seen Oxley Chamberlain go off against Atletico. We've seen Firmino go off against Atletico. It'll be interesting to see how how bad those injuries are. We'll find out probably um in the coming days but hopefully there's still, there's enough in our squad that we can put out a good strength team, we play good football and hopefully we can do enough to to get, to get the points. As you said, I think I do sit on the fence a little bit, which is funny because literally they win games 1-0 or like 5-0. It's very rare it's ever a 2-1, so I don't know why I keep going for that result.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing as well is that, you know, it is a game, I actually think, I went for 1-1 which wasn't too far off from me, um, but I think you know, it could be 2-1. It. It's, it's just a moment of magic from Salas. That's the difference half the time. Um, but I think that my last kind of point that I will say, I think if we win against West Ham, the point against Brighton becomes a good point. Mm. If we draw or get beat against West Ham, the point against Brighton becomes a bad point. And that's kind of, it's, it's that important, you know, as I say. So I think if we get the win, the point against Brighton is, you know, fair play, kept the unbeaten, it will be 26 unbeaten, Um. But if it, we just get a point, that's big, oh, probably a poor point. So, let's see what happens anyway. Um, half four on Sunday, the whole world will be watching us. Um, you'll never see so many West Ham fans come out of nowhere. Um, and yeah, let's let, let bring it on. That's what football's about, isn't it? And with them being a better team now, it's a big game. So, um, fair play to them. They've got back to where they belong. they are got fight with the big boys. Um, and good luck to them. But come on, let's look up. that's all I can say. Come on,
0: Liverpool. <laughs> no, I think you're right. I think Man United fans need something to write about nowadays. You know what I mean? I'm mostly, you might as well become a West Ham fan for the week. Um, <laughs> now, I think while we're on the subject, in the last two minutes of what we've got in the pod, like I think we can't not talk about Spurs sacking the manager, bringing in Conte, um, and Conte's first game being this weekend. Um, it's all happened so fast. What Nuno was in for what, 17 weeks, did they say? Um, so he wasn't in for very long. Like generally not a bad season in terms of like yes, they lost a few, but they 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 won three, lost three, won the next three, um, and then lost a couple. And like they say it's because the Man United game was such a bad game, but then we tanked Man United the week before. Nolly's still in the job. Um what do you reckon? What do you make of all that? Do you think that Nuno for me, do you think that Nuno got sacked because they knew Conte was available? Or or do you think there was there was just something more to it that Daniel Levy just doesn't quite know what he's doing with managers?
1: Well, yeah. Well, You've just said the nail on the head. Conflict was available. He tried to get him in the summer. He turned them down. Um, whatever he wanted, he wouldn't do. They, they kind of got um, Nuno spent overseas whole season like a you know, yes-man job. Um, he got managed a month in the first month of the season, which is a bit mad. Um, I don't think it was a, a, a bad sacking. I think it was a bad appointment. Hmm. The style of play doesn't choose Tottenham. Um, he's a counter attack manager, and Tottenham want to play from you know on the front football. Um, it's my dog are playing Everton at the weekend now, and Everton about They had a good couple of games on the Rafa and then they've kind of dipped a bit now, and they've got Spurs who are crap. So, where they should beat Spurs, but then because they have got the new manager in, they'll probably all start playing again. So, an interesting one to see how the Spurs Everton game come up. Back to Conte, he's a proven winner. Um, they kind of good. They just went to Spurs, it takes takes them off the um off the field for maybe United to get him and I want to see Oli at the wheel we all want to see Oli at the wheel don't we <laughs> um, and yeah I mean the kind of last some thoughts on that Danny would be Spurs are just a joke of a football club and um, they're just a laughing stock and it's just you know I've said it in previous pods haven't I you know we could be Spurs thank god we're not Spurs and I I, I don't mean to be disrespectful because I know a couple of people are Spurs fans but I do mean to be disrespectful at the same time it's just like they're just a joke of a football club, and if they didn't have Harry Kane and Son, it's like Man United with Ronaldo. You know, they are like they're like a one man team, and he hasn't Harry Kane hasn't turned up this season, and yeah. his best mate Son hasn't either. So, um, yeah, a bit of a joke of a football, football club. They're paying Nuno zero eight million pound. It's only there it was 17, 17, uh with the seventeen games. He's getting eight million pound for it. You know, there's only one one person laughing, and if a in
0: spare fans, and know. I know like they barely spend money as it is and then they've spent 8 million pounds on giving it to a manager that's like been there for a couple of weeks and that's it like. So like you better hope the Conte does well because you've basically just spent his transfer budget there and sat in sacking your old manager. Um but yeah, as you said it's an interesting one, but as you said it's not something we need to worry about, but it's just something interesting to talk about because that's just that's football for you. It's fickle, and we've yeah. seen that so many times. The, the one minute, when you're on top, you're on top, and you take a little bit of a dip, and we've seen, even as Liverpool fans this week, the amount of people shouting that, that Robo needs to be dropped because he's had one bad game in the last four years, and it's like, that's, that's what people are, that's and as you said, a lot of it comes down to FIFA fans that suddenly are in chairman positions, and are able to just sack managers. We've seen Roman Abramovich do it for years, and now I think Daniel Levy thinks he's playing with the big boys and able to do the same. But well, thankfully, our board aren't doing that at the minute. And we're on a good run. We're doing well. And hopefully, if we can get these points going into the international break against West Ham, it puts us in a really good position, especially going into a run of games where we're going to be doing a lot of rotation over the next couple of weeks leading into the Christmas period. Um, so, yeah, hopefully we're going to do well, get some good points on the board, and keep this keep this flow up. But, We'll be able to assess this in the next podcast and hopefully we're going to have a very special guest on our next one as well. Again, we're going to keep it under our hats, keep an eye on the social media uh, and we'll be announcing it soon. But it is very exciting. You know, we like to get good guests on, so we're looking forward to it. But until then, thank you so much for listening to
1: Amo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast
0: Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha! In my dentist's office.